Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Rasgrees, with my co-host, the Buck Rundle, and special guest, one of his rat dogs, bringing you all the information you need to know from the far reaches of the interwebs. What's going on, Buck? Nothing much, nothing much. As you highlighted before, I've got my special guest, my little rat dog, I guess as you affectionately call her. She is my battle chihuahua, Rupee. But yes, she's going to be uh, joining me for today's podcast. I, I will put up your, your fine Mexican engineering against my quality German engineering dachshund. And we'll see who comes out that's, on top. That's all right. But just remember that my dog gets to compete from the gold tees. Where, whereas your dog no, must no, do no. everything either average or above bar. No, your your dog, it does not get to play the cripple card simply because you are in a wheelchair. The dog... Yeah, it does. No, no, yeah, it no, does. no, 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 no. It has to play from the white tees. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And the other dog. No, no man. No, because I, I train the dog. The handicapped trainer gets to put the handicapped trained dog. But you're telling me about how well trained it is, and uh, I can't get mine to stop shitting in the house. So, um, why would it, well, my dog's already won based on that argument? My dog doesn't no. do that. No, no, I said engineering, quality engineering. Well, so what? There's nothing wrong with swimming through the warm spot in the gene pool, man. Look at me. <laughs> is that even a chihuahua? What is, way, what, is, what is that thing? What is that? That's not a chihuahua. She, she's no, she is a chihuahua. What she else? Is. She's a long-haired. That's it. You know, I mean, like now that she's sitting in my lap, she's got a dash of awesome to go along with her. But now it's it's just pure chihuahua. <laughs> Okie dokie. And uh, apparent, apparently her fur color matches my beard, too. And uh, and that just, you know, poetry in motion. But either way, man, what do we got this week for our from our gallery of rogues? You know, what did uh, what did you select from the fodder? I didn't... Well, there's, there's a lot of fodder. And only one story, which is the main event for the show today, which I'm going to save till the end, is comes from me. The rest are all from you and uh, actually one from Sadar. Uh, the first one of which... It's from fox43.com. Adams County man shot at Good Samaritan who came to help him. William Knotts, 40, was found lying in his yard uh, near Gettysburg by someone driving. Uh, He allegedly fired two shots at the man. So here's the whole story. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. State police have charged a Gettysburg man with attempted homicide after he allegedly fired two shots at a good Samaritan who stopped to check on him when he was found lying in the yard outside of his home in Adams County. William L. Knotts, 40, of the first block of Wheatland Drive, is also charged with simple assault in the incident. According to police, it occurred around 10 a.m. on January 6th on Carriage Lane in Mount Pleasant Township. Police say a man driving down the road saw Knotts lying in the yard of a home and stopped to check on his welfare. He later told police that when he approached, uh, Knotts told him, quote, You really pissed me off. I'm mad. I'm going to kill you. End quote. Knotts then fired two shots from a Smith & Wesson handgun in the man's direction. Police say a nearby home surveillance camera captured the incident, and a woman in a nearby home also heard the gunshots and saw Knotts leaving the scene and contacted police. 
Regarding, I'm sorry, responding officers found Knotts near the scene and took him into custody, according to the complaint. He had had a handgun in his possession with three live rounds and three spent uh, casings in the chamber. Knotts is currently being held in Adams County Prison in lieu of a $150,000 bail. Uh, court records show that a preliminary hearing is scheduled for January 12th. I'm not going to lie, man. I, when when I when I first clicked on this article and I saw the headline, I was hoping beyond all hope that it was going to be somebody that we knew. <laughs> like, I really... Because that's where we worked, man. Like, Raz and I... Like that, we that's our home turf, man. It that's, is indeed. That's it. Uh, a lot of people from that area, and, and uh, you know, it's when when you do know the gallery of rogues that live in your uh, given jurisdiction, it is kind of a unsettling to hear new ones coming in. <laughs> Apparently, they are multiplying on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, like either way, though, man. You know, guy shoots at a gun. Like I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, like. You know, I'm sorry. If you look at his booking photo, he's in the turtle suit to begin with. The guy's obviously like a few, a few, you know, a few fries short of a happy meal. That being said, so, folks, if you ever uh, see an individual in a booking photo that is wearing like a green smock that uh, looks like a, like a quilted blanket, the, they've either got a charge that's so severe that we believe they're at suicide risk, or the medical staff has determined that they are a significant mental health risk. So that is, that's when you see those. So if you see those in a booking photo, you know, you know this person's pretty much going. <laughs> right. And, you know, based on that, like, I'm wondering, like, mm, like, I don't I'm not okay. going to say that the guy's insane. No, you know, no but there, I, there's I definitely will... there's definitely something on board. Who knows what? Doesn't matter. Uh, he gets a five, in my opinion, because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to go with a four. Because, you know... He fired two, or three shots at someone. He tried to kill him. Fuck him. He's done. I don't care if it was something on board. Uh, if you're going to do those types of things, you know, you got to do it responsibly. And you... <laughs> just laying in your front yard with a handgun is not responsible. Yeah, you should have been out back. Exactly. Exactly. But, eh... I am shocked as you are that we don't know him. But this next story comes from CNET.com. Birds are real, Buck. A U.S. government agency wants to assure you. A parody movement claims birds aren't real. Now a government agency, the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission, is jumping in to defend its feathered friends. Uh, Here's the background. Uh... Peter McIndo, 23, created, quote, Birds Aren't Real, end quote, movement in 2017 as a parody of conspiracy theories, according to the New York Times. Uh, His storyline claims that birds are drones created by the government to spy on citizens. Although uh, he says he's done this with a joke now, quote, it's a way to laugh at the madness rather than to be overcome by it, end quote. Uh, not everyone has heard the birds aren't real claim, but apparently someone at the U.S. Customer Sur- uh, Safety Commission has, because on Wednesday, the organization tweeted, quote, birds are real. The, t- <laughs> the tweet flew high and uh, with readers, with more than 35,000 people have liked it as of this writing. Uh, then the commission offered up a number of images of two birds having a long conversation, oddly enough, about a potluck. 
Seems one bird wants to be the host and doesn't feel it can outdo the other bird's massive, impressive potlucks. In the end, the birds decide to come together and have a joint event. Apparently, this really happened on a U.S. government agency's Twitter account. <laughs> Turns out the thread was meant to be promoting something, not potlucks, but birds. Being real, but a government website, saferproducts.gov, uh, where consumers can report unsafe items... The account encouraged people to go to the site, quote, if a product you own is unexpectedly blows up, lights something on fire, breaks dangerously, or does something dangerous, really. It goes on a little bit about tweets and everything like that, but it's not the first time that government websites, the webmaster has decided to... Yes, I am that old, by the way. I'm not saying the administrator. I'm saying the webmaster that's what you are <laughs> uh decided to do, do something on there that would get people to comment and create controversy or not really controversy but i mean it's the right word but it's not the context we use it in it's uh they're, they're just trying to get buzz and you know taking on something that funny can get you some buzz i i really don't see anything like foul on the play here i mean i really don't I mean, if I, yeah, there's some serious backlashes to, quote, creating a conspiracy. But, you know, I don't, like, it doesn't seem like the guy who even No, it's, it's, tongue in, it's, it's tongue in cheek. It's what it is. It's the same line of the, right. the guy we've covered on the, the story, uh, or on the show, rather, that uh, um, the Rena Hitman, you know, the Rena Hitman website. It's a par- right. It's a parody. And, and... It's joke. It's fun. Um you know, but the, the the whole thing is the government actually, they say, oh, the government had to feel the need to respond to it. They did it, too, because it was also funny. I mean, the government, right. the government is not without a sense of humor, folks. I can assure you. Uh, previously in, my, in our life, and unfortunately now in this one, it seems, I used to plan for disasters such as pandemic response. And one of the things we drilled for every single year was an Ebola outbreak. And there's the thing, the government wants you to be prepared for those type of things, but how do you get people interested, especially when you're doing it year after year after year? Um, and Ebola is not something we typically see in the United States. We had a couple cases a few years ago that caused like whew, through the roof. Um, but you know how the, the, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, promote how to uh, prepare yourself for the Ebola outbreak if you're in these kind of critical infrastructure jobs no how how what is the, what is their protocol so if you go on the cdc website actually just go to google just type in cdc zombie and there is an entire website official cdc.gov website that uh touches how, what to do in the event of a zombie a zombie outbreak and how you deal with the zombie apocalypse and recovery efforts and everything of that nature and, and there's there's pictures of zombies on there. It, it's really, and you're like, oh my god, this is this is this is real. The government has a zombie plan. No, uh, what it is, if you take that entire everything on that website, and you were to put it on paper, and take out some whiteout and write out the word zombie in every single instance, you can write in the word Ebola, and it it will be exactly the same. The, the their contingency for the the. Uh, zombie apocalypse is the same thing we do to train for Ebola, <laughs> but it but it keeps I it was, interesting. I, I'll tell you what, man, you had me interested there because I was wondering. I was like, 
how do we go from a from Ebola to zombies? Like, I was seriously thinking that I had like a cognitive like fog here, and I was like, I missed something. But no, like you brought that right around full circle with that whiteout thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, man! Like I was, I was all befuddled. I was almost kerfuffled. I had a, I had a, a drill one time where we were, we were telling people, it's like, okay, uh, we get them all together, and we said, this is the briefing, and we started talking about how the undead have been uh, rampaging through the other side of the county and it's the, 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 the horde is headed this way. And we did this whole, whole thing and everyone's laughing. I said, okay, these are your assignments. And everybody's like, oh no, this is, this is, this is the drill. Yes. And we drilled for the zombies. And then, then in the end we, we showed how everything, this is the exact, because everybody picked up on it pretty well that we would do the exact same stuff for Ebola because they'd all been through it so many times. But that's how we, uh, we kept it interesting and kept everybody engaged in training that week. Yeah, right on, man. And then and and see, I that's that's why I'm gonna have to chalk this whole article up to just the equivalent of the government throwing down their own version of a fucking dad joke. Like uh, yeah. they're just trying to play they're just trying to play along, man. Like, you know, don't like this is not an instance where we need to start you know, hating back. And and shit like that. We don't we we don't need to do that. I'm not even going to score this. Oh no, there's nothing to score. This is great. Um, no. I mean, you you can do a lot with it, just being a smartass, and it works. Ask ask Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to CNN.com. Partying passengers stuck in Mexico after airline declines to fly them home. Some members of a rowdy group shown dancing, drinking, and vaping maskless aboard a flight to Cancun find themselves stranded in Mexico after the return flight to Canada was scrubbed and other airlines have declined to fly them home. The group flew to Cancun from Montreal on December 30th aboard a Sunswing Airlines charter flight for a trip organized by exclusive private group, 111 Private Club. I don't know what any of that means. A video of the party on board, which shows passengers dancing and drinking in the aisles, have sparked outrage in Canada. One investigation by the Transport Canada, Transport Canada is underway, and passengers could face hefty fines or worse. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said on Wednesday that he was extremely frustrated with the incident. It's a slap in the face to see people putting themselves, putting their fellow citizens, putting airline workers at risk by being completely irresponsible. In a statement posted on Twitter on Thursday, event organizer and Triple One president James William Awad said, I understand why many fellow citizens are upset about the current situation. Awad said he had chartered a private plane to, quote, ensure everyone's safety and took the additional step of getting the passengers tested for COVID before they left Montreal. Sunwing canceled their return flight, which was scheduled for January 5th, because the group did not agree to the terms it outlined. All Canadian and Air Transit uh, Transat have both said they will not fly the travelers home, citing the safety of other passengers and crew. So that's funny. <laughs> so they posted pictures online. People got mad, and all the airlines were like, "Well, you're on your own. Enjoy Cancun." <laughs> you're muted there, Bucky boy. I don't know if you're trying to talk to me or just trying to lip sync. I sure. was. You know what? I mean, either way, we can put a soundtrack in there after after we go through editing. But no, man, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's that's what this boils down to. 
Well, you know? and what, he, a bunch of, what, a bu- what a bunch of fucking, you know, troglodytes. It actually gets a little bit better because the story goes on a little bit. And it apparently they were like, negotiating with this group of like, okay, we'll do it under certain conditions. And one of the things that they just refuse to... So that they have a way home. The airlines have said, we will bring you home, but these are our conditions. And one of them was they won't serve meals on the flight. It's a five-hour flight. And they're... They said, we're not going to, because we want absolutely no reason for any single passenger basically to take their mask off. So we're not going to serve food. You, we'll, we'll do the flight, you'll come home, and you get the fuck off our plane. <laughs> but, so now they're, they're still jerking around in Mexico. Now, the, the really funny thing is, is the Canadian government is still investigating them and could find them up to 5,000 uh, Canadian dollars per offense that they see in the videos, per person. So anybody, you know, if you, you, it's not just like the, the group has to split. No, it's like you, sir, you, Buck Rundle. We saw you do this. It's five thousand dollar fine. Uh, right. That's that's I, about that's about thirty nine hundred dollars U.S. By the way. All I gotta say, man, is that well deserved. You know, well deserved. I, you know, Canada gets a gets a rep for being like super nice and clean and whatever, whatever. And those things are so true, but nobody ever talks about when the hammer of Canadian justice falls. You know, like they're they're, they're they, like apparently Canada is not gonna fuck around with this, and they're like, yeah, you send our kids back to us. Yep, they're not gonna have a good time on uh, when when they get home. Trust me. You know. Canada oh no, no, these are these aren't kids. These are grown ass adults. Oh no, no, that's what I mean. Oh. Like Canada is claiming oh, their okay. children. Oh, okay, I get it. I understand. I understand. Yeah, like Canada is like a mother tapping her fucking foot on the doorstep right now, just waiting for these motherfuckers to come back. Like, uh, uh, uh. Like, mm-mm. what's the what's? It, it, I could I could literally bring one of my kids in here right now and say, "What is the first rule of the family?" And one of them will suck you and say, "Don't embarrass the family." <laughs> Don't embarrass. That's how we grew up, too. That was our rule. I'm telling you, man, circle the wagons, play your cards close to your chest. After everything's figured out, we can have fun. But don't embarrass the family. And you know what? I mean, these these yahoos not serving a meal on the flight, like, that's that's the hill you're going to die on. Like, that's that's going to be... Well, they're going to try to play the, the victim. They're going to try to play the victim now that we're so sorry, we understand, but we did do this, and it was out of context. And Canada's just like, nah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying, man. Canada's, Canada is like the angry mother waiting on the doorstep tapping her foot. Like, when those kids... Get, when when those Canadian kids get back to the roost... Oh, you know, it's, oh. it's, it's funny, because... I've read by about five articles this week, and you sent me one of them in regards to apparently the top seeded ten male tennis player in the world right now found his he's trying to play in uh, Australia, but uh, he's an anti vaxxer and Australia is like, nah, bro. This <laughs> and the whole deal is this guy um, he. he he won't disclose his vaccination status, but guess what? We know his vaccination status now for sure. Uh, and the U.S. Open, or not the U.S. Open, uh, the, the some big tennis open is taking place in Australia, and you have to be vaccinated in order to participate. Uh, he claimed a ex- got a medical exemption 
from being uh, COVID vaccinated. And everybody in Australia was like, what? <laughs> and uh, he showed up at the, uh, got off the plane and immigration said, nah, we're, we're, we're revoking your visa. <laughs> uh, turns out the, well, the, the tennis, you know, tennis Australia said I could have a waiver. And the Australian government's like, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> well, you know, it, you know, people got to also remember that, you know, these these folks, you know, they might have rightfully in their own minds or perceptions been joking around and having a great time and seemingly innocuous and benign behavior on 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 their beha- on their be- uh, on their side of things from their viewpoint. You know, you're not in your own sandbox anymore. You're not in Canada. You were in Mexico. Well, no, this was this was on the flight. This was on the flight there from Montreal to Cancun. I thought it was. I thought they were already in Canada. No, this is. They were on the flight. Oh, oh man. See, that's even. No, there's no excuse. These these assholes get a four. I agree. Now, this next story, Buck, uh, it was sent to us by Sadar as well. Uh, And I think you both thought I was going to cover this and say, I'm going to go do this immediately. Because we all know that I am a fan of Taco Bell. Uh, As Oklahoma News 4 reports, Taco Bell launches, quote, taco subscription service for $10 per month. Uh, Here's hoping your New Year's resolution doesn't preclude you from eating fast food tacos every single day for a month. Taco Bell has announced the debut of its digital taco subscription service, giving customers the opportunity to redeem for one free taco per day for 30 whole days for the singular price of $10. Members who sign up for the service can pick up one of seven Taco Bell offerings, including the Crunchy Taco, the Crunchy Taco Supreme, the Soft Taco, the Soft Taco Supreme, the Spicy Potato Soft Taco, the Doritos Locos Taco, and the Doritos Locos Tacos Supreme. Those wishing to sign up are required to purchase the $10 Taco Lovers Pass via the Taco Bell app. The pass unlocks a, quote, secret category where customers can choose which taco to redeem for picking it up at a participating restaurant. Taco Bell previously tested its Taco Lovers Pass in Tucson, Arizona in September of 2021. Taco Bell Corp. described the test as successful as 20% of those who participated with the, uh, were new to the Taco Bell Rewards program. Taco Bell's 30-day subscription pass is currently available in the Taco Bell app. The Taco Bell Lovers Pass, meanwhile, isn't the only Taco Bell promotion that may be tempting customers to stray from their New Year's resolution. On January 6th, Taco Bell restaurants across the country will be offering the chain's new crispy chicken wings, which come clothed in a flavorful Mexican queso seasoning. (laughs) This is just an ad now at this point. I demand ad revenue from Taco Bell. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no kidding, man. I'm just going to stop reading at this point. But... So you get one taco a day, and you can't like just come in there and go, okay, it's been 10 days, give me 10 tacos. No, it's you are entitled to one taco per day. No. Yeah, I, you know. It's more mm, trouble than it's worth. <laughs> it really, really is. And, you know. When I go to Taco think... Bell, I get myself two or three items, and I get one for in the car so that I, I can eat it on the way to home to, to sit down and, and make a fool of myself eating tacos. 
there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, man. There, there are a lot of ways that I could see uh, a, a restaurant implementing like a subscription service because that is kind of like the thing now. Everybody's doing subscription boxes for this, for that. It's like, okay, you know, if fast food wants to jump on the train for that, that's fine. But one, one taco a day, okay? One taco a day, like you said. Like, I don't eat Taco Bell. That's culinary blasphemy to me. It really is. I just don't like the Taco Bell food. Well, but the, the idea behind but, it is, if I, if I give you this, this 30 day subscription, you're not going to come all 30 days. So it goes from, you know, a taco that normally says, most of those things are on the dollar menu, by the way, folks, in case you were wondering. Um, if you look at the, uh, the, the the cost associated with it, if they actually bought them retail, it'd be $30. So you're giving them a, a you know, 66% discount, which is pretty significant, except for the fact that the vast majority of people are only going to go once or twice a week. And that's the thing. That's why I don't think that this is a very good way to implement subscription services into the fast food realm well, because okay. you know as much as as much as you may think that it might inflate profits and stuff like that there are people like there are people who simply will like they spent their money on this they're gonna get their fucking tacos okay you're gonna be boogering up your drive through it's gonna be creating congestion inside the uh, inside the restaurants it really is. A subscription service, I don't have a better way to implement it, but I can say that this is not the best. Buck, I'm going to explain to you the economics of uh, grocery stores and restaurants. The idea is not to make a profit on the tacos at all. It's not. It's getting people in the nope. door. No, it's not. It is not. Uh, and most people, if you open up your wallet, somewhere around here-ish you're going to find a a card that is a discount card for some store someplace. Uh, let's just take, for example, uh, one that used to be in my wallet, GameStop. There was a GameStop membership card in there that you scan that card and you got 10% off and all the used products. Uh, most people have grocery ones in there. Uh, most of the people have those little ones on their key rings for when they get groceries. And it's a it's a discount program. No, that's the price they intend to sell it at because there's nothing, there's no uh, barrier to entry to be a member of that exclusive club. The idea is every time I open my wallet, I have a billboard for that establishment looking right back at me. Now, this is not planned whatsoever. Here's my phone, Buck. And if you look, there are two notifications on there. And the first one is for Walmart telling me that they're having some kind of essential sale. But the next one is from Taco Bell. Meet the newest, uh, whatever, and it's talking about this, introducing a new Chipotle chicken chalupa. Order it now and try today. That is the goal. They have to sign up for the rewards program. It put, puts the Taco Bell app on their phone, and now they can push advertisement through to that user directly for a customer they know is a fan of Taco Bell. You can't pay for better... Uh, ad placement. I literally just picked up my phone. Oh, Taco Bell. If it wasn't for the fact that I have some leftovers in there I'm going to eat, I'd be going for Taco Bell as soon as we got done recording this. Because I I do like Taco Bell, and we're talking about Taco Bell, and I have an advertisement for Taco Bell. That's the concept. They're going to be able to push those notifications through to people 
on a, on the regular if they just sign up for that that program. They might take a loss on the tacos, but buying that uh, that that consumer because if here's the thing if if the product doesn't cost anything, then you're the product. Right on. <laughs> right, that's a, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't tell if I like. I sparked a like a thought, or if you're just mad at me. <laughs> no, no. Actually, uh, you got you got my wheels turning. I was kind of like I might have had like resting buck face on, and I'm sorry about that. But you know, um, no. It's your 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 math checks out. Like I was I was going back through my head, going, you know what? You're actually making a marvelous deal of sense right now. So. Yeah, I mean, I, know, I, I kind of wish what it is. I, I kind of wish I had gone into advertising because I find the psychology behind it uh, just fascinating. Uh, growing up, I had a I had family that had a grocery store chain, and you know, I found out there is literally consultants that go around and say this is how you have to set up your store according to the space you have, and and they judge it off the flow of the the consumers through there. But there are certain products that you always put in certain locations. Now, Buck, if you were to go into a grocery store where you're at now, you could either walk, depending on where the doors are, you could walk to the far back of the store and to the left. And that is typically, the far back left is where you're going to find the milk. Is that what it's like at your store? Well, I don't know because I don't ever go okay. inside of stores anymore. My point is No, I no no no, but and like I'm not trying to be fecal with you, man. Like I don't know. Fecal. I've never been inside of a grocery store here. Okay. I'm not saying, I, 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 I it was a bad okay. example to use you. But my point is it, the most common item purchased at a grocery store is milk. So you put it for the furthest away from the register in the one where it passes more high-end products that are people are more apt to purchase upon seeing them it's the same you don't go to the store hungry because you you just you just don't do it and you uh, know that that's true man there's 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 quantifiable evidence behind this i'll show you my last grocery bill never never shop hungry never shop hungry right so I, I just I find the advertising behind it amazing and like i said in this whole thing people are writing news articles about this you know it's they're getting but they're buying cheap advertising they really are the, yeah the, 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 no that's that's your math checks out and i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you i wouldn't have even entered half of what you said had you like i know that you have a background or your family has a background in exactly this kind of industry so when you started talking my face immediately went to okay i'm about to learn something <laughs> like well, well, no. The, I mean, like the whole concept of like when you go to a, an event and they're handing out T-shirts, that, that T-shirt might have cost them six bucks, but now every time that you put that T-shirt on and walk around in public, looking like a damn fool, in my opinion. But every time you walk around in public wearing that shirt, now you're advertising for them. You're a walking, talking billboard. I will wear your fucking T-shirt, and I will even hang a banner on the back of my wheelchair. I love me a good logo. Oh, I hate logos. Oh no! I the only reason I am even wearing a shirt right now that has a any kind of writing on it at all. It's a Twitch logo, by the way. You can follow me on Twitch.tv/the underscore raspberry zero one. Is because I'm a Twitch streamer as well. So that's the only reason that that's on there at all. That I'll even you know wear that because I actually do do Twitch. 
but I, I hate logoed shirts. And, I, and I, I oftentimes have commented to my wife that you can you can determine someone's intelligence by the the size of the uh, uh, Disney character on their T-shirt. The bigger the character, the dumber the person. <laughs> Uh, I would like to uh, argue with that paradox. I don't think I'm that stupid, and I have some very large Disney character regalia in my closet. Well, yeah. it's got to be but, a Pooh Bear. It's a Pooh Bear, isn't it? Uh, no, it's a Stitch that's tank say, that's, top. Stitch is the only acceptable answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. How can you... Dude, Stitch is the law. But no, let's not get too far off track here. Let's go back to Taco Bell. I'm not scoring them on this one. This is just them cap. You can't, you can't hate, you cannot hate capitalists for capitalizing. Don't hate the player, hate the game. A shark's gonna shark. A shark's gonna shark. Okay, Buck, we're back with a story from ClickOrlando.com. 74-year-old Florida man on electric scooter threatened and chased two with a knife. Oh, this doesn't, this doesn't get the music. Nothing does. Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out. Here comes Florida man. Florida man, indeed. This is Brevard County. A 74-year-old man is accused of chasing two people with a knife while riding on an electric scooter. <laughs> During a verbal disagreement, Daniel Zarelli retrieved an 8-inch blade from a drawer in his home and actively followed a woman throughout the residence on his scooter Monday evening. Zarelli's alleged uh, statements of wanting to kill the woman prompted her to run from the residence. Police said Zarelli then targeted a man outside of his home, chasing him around a car, which was a rental signed in the man's name, uh, and down the street while still holding the knife. Zarelli uh, slashed the car's left rear tire, quote, with willful and malicious intent. I don't know how you could possibly slash a tire a different way. It caused about $500 in damage. Uh, when police officers arrived, they said Zarelli was still holding the knife and actively following the woman up the driveway of the residence. Uh, upon speaking with him, officers reportedly smelled alcohol on Zarelli's breath, as well as hearing Zarelli... Zarelli spontaneously uttered that he wanted to stab the man he was chasing while he had the chance. Zarelli was booked at the Brevard County Jail on multiple charges, including two instances of aggravated assault with deadly weapon, both felonies. Uh, police also said Zarelli has a felony probation during the incident and is being held on $26,000 bond and is expected to make his first court appearance February 1st. <laughs> represent man represent I'd like to know what kind of wheelchair or scooter he was driving around in personally uh, you know that's uh, you know that that to me would be a very interesting nugget of information um, wow dude in an electric scooter chasing somebody around with a knife well uh, well we're gonna give the dude a, a four because he didn't actually get him but um, yeah, that's the, yeah. But you know, there's you know, a there there. Recently, we did a a, a video uh, video only version. Uh, it was a special episode that's available on our YouTube channel. Uh, just look for the Social Liability Podcast. Uh, we did an episode about a, a judge in West Virginia, and uh, it wasn't a funny. It well, it was funny the way we portrayed it, but the whole incident wasn't funny. Uh, and there's one. This is kind of. 
there's a story very similar to this one I had wanted to do on that one, but we try to keep this show entertaining and not doom and gloom. And the story is about a very similar situation where a man in a motorized wheelchair uh, had a pocket knife and had threatened somebody in a, in a Home Depot. And he left, and when the police arrived, he was going back into the store. The guy was obviously in a motorized wheelchair, and uh, because he didn't stop riding towards the store, an officer put nine bullets in him. Uh, obviously, he was, well, not obviously, but subsequently he was dead at the scene. And there, there was a, it was, it was obviously, this was not a justifiable use of force. We were going to, I was going to propose we do a story about that, but I, I chose not to. And in this situation, we're laughing. But, you know, it's, depending on who perceived it, who responded, and what, this could have went very badly. Um, You know, dude being, like, I'm laughing about it, but I'll tell you what right now. Um, if, I'm, I'm severely disabled. Okay. No. And, uh, no. You, Buck? No. Oh yeah, oh yeah! I can't even cut my own steak. I've been permanently relegated to the kids' table. Every cup I have has a lid. Like no, no, no! Can't be trusted. Don't use scissors. Nothing. But at the end of the day, if I were to start getting squirrely and just decide that I was gonna like fly off the freaking handle and start brandishing a knife and going after people in my fucking wheelchair, when the cops show up, I don't, I don't expect to be treated differently than any other person holding a knife. I really don't. And, you know, I do I do really agree that it could have gone the wrong way, but again, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, him being in a wheelchair or on a scooter, it, it does not give him the excuse to be above or or below standards for 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 crime and punishment. Like if you break the law, if you do something stupid, somebody's going to stop you. You know, if he, if he were to go after somebody with a knife, or if an officer were to see a man in a wheelchair with a knife and feel threatened, shoot shoot his ass nine times. I mean, like you know, the 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 questionable use of force tactics would exist whether he were walking or not. I mean, it really, really would, and I don't think that. A man holding a knife in a wheelchair is any less of a threat to a person who's within arm's reach, at least. Well, and really, that—that's what counts. No, I like, think. Uh, to, he, I, I think. What, like you're—you're you're trying to bring that other story into the conversation without seeing it. Uh, I think we are going to do that special episode sometime soon, Buck, because I want you to see it and have to see what kind of reaction we get. So let's table that for the moment, and. Um, We'll, we'll come back to that well, in a either special way, episode. So, I, I agree with you, man. This this dude gets a four. Yeah. Uh, definitely do make sure you check out our YouTube channel. If you just search for um, the Social Liability Podcast, you will def- definitely find it. And soon you might see some content from uh, an affiliate channel as well. That Well, not an affiliate, a friend channel. Let's just say that way. Uh, as we have uh, potentially have some advertising uh, exchange going on very soon. Anyway, so let's move on out of that one, Buck. I'd like to go into something funny, but goddamn. Fox 5 Vegas. Lawyers claim Vegas man happened to steal truck with head and other body parts inside. 
This happened in Las Vegas. Uh, the suspect accused of killing a man was a victim of circumstance by stealing a vehicle that happened to have body parts, including a severed head, in the back. Eric uh, says his attorney, anyway. Eric Holland faces a murder charge after Las Vegas Metropolitan Police conducted a vehicle stop on December 23rd on a Toyota Tundra with suspended registration. Police said they followed the vehicle before Holland was seen driving a gold Chevrolet Avalanche. Las Vegas PD found a severed head and body parts in several coolers inside the second truck. Uh, the Associated Press identified the victim as Richard P. Miller of Las Vegas, an acquaintance of the suspect. <laughs> the coroner said that Miller died after multiple gunshot wounds and his death was ruled a homicide. Holland's defense attorney, David Westbrook, claimed Holland happened to steal a vehicle with body parts inside. Westbrook asked uh, rhetorically why Holland would intentionally lead officers to a vehicle with body parts inside. In order to believe that he had knowledge of what was in the vehicle, you would have to believe that he intentionally led police to the body. The Las Vegas Metro Police detective testified that multiple firearms and knives were recovered at the scene, along with duct tape and plastic bags. Prosecutors argued that Holland was a danger to society and asked that he be not be granted bail. Judge Harmony something agreed and no and uh, agreed to not grant Holland bail. The next court appearance is January twenty seventh. What do you think, Bud? <laughs> Are you you're muted again, you fool? You fool? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be courteous. But now, um. Help help me out here. The the bodies inside the truck, did he kill them? So, he's driving a truck. Dup, 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 dup. Police are following him, and he ditches that truck and jumps into another one and drives off. Police then pull him over and say, well, this is weird. And they found body parts in coolers of a friend of his. And he's saying, no, I just stole that vehicle because you were following me in the other stolen vehicle. and uh, Or because of registration or whatever. And it just happened to have my dead buddy's body chopped up in it the vehicle i just randomly stole <laughs> wow so he just this attorney went to law school passed the bar exam and he thought i'm gonna bring this defense up in court <laughs> and then they follow they they go and they search his house and they find like duct tape like all sorts of like clean up a body kind of tools there right i, I don't know about that um like that. what I'm sorry. I'm just so foggy right now. What? What? I say the detectives like... testified that multiple firearms and knives were recovered at the scene, along with duct tape, plastic bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! And now he's trying to say I just mystically jumped from one stolen vehicle to another, and that's yeah. the one my buddy that I, I've known as happens to be dead and cut up in. Yeah. Um... Wow. Wow, indeed, Buck. Wow, indeed. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of the uh, the concept of you're innocent until you're proven guilty. But dude did it, uh, and dude gets a five. <laughs> That's where I'm headed, man. That's exact. I'm glad you said it first because I was a little hesitant because I don't know these details of this. They just seem. It, it almost look. It almost seems like a bad horror, like a bad like who done it kind of novel. It's like some oh, bad, this is, some, this some is, bad B movie plot where he gets out of jail yeah, ten years man. from now and hunts down the man that falsely you know put him in jail, but they can't 
do anything because of the double jeopardy and it, it seems like a bad movie <laughs> either that either that or it's like a 10 minute documentary it's like we're trying to recover the killer of this man who's been found in a cooler oh never mind the guy who stole the truck apparently did it never mind <laughs> like no no man come on either way what are we going to give this we, we already said we're giving them five, five alright oh, let's go alright Buck we're going to move on to our main event Main event of the evening. A this is from eonline.com. Not the most reputable news source in the world, but here we are. 90 Day Fiance's Stephanie Motto retiring from the fart jar business after hospitalization. <laughs> if I make it through this without dying, Buck, um Yeah. In recent months, 90 Day Fiance star Stephanie Motto has become an unexpected TikTok star after documenting her unconventional business, selling jars of her farts. According to a TikTok video, the TLC reality star sometimes makes $45,000 in one week from her smelly gig. But after a recent health scare, Stephanie is changing up her business plan. In an interview with the Continent content sourcing agency jam press stephanie opened up about her recent hospitalization that she claimed was a result of her steady diet of gas inducing beans and eggs i thought i was having a stroke and these were my final moments i was overdoing it she told the outlet via the new york post i was made it was made clear to me that i was experiencing wasn't a stroke or a heart attack but very intense gas pains i was advised to change my diet and to take gas supplement uh, medication and has effectively ended my business in an Instagram post on January 4th Stephanie did offer loyal customers some hope with another option so by now you've caught wind that I am retiring from the fart jar business soon and branching into the digital world of NFTs my NFT fart jar collection has launched and is available to mint for those questioning Stephanie's fart business, you are not alone. In recent weeks, many users criticized the gig, which forced the reality star to address the judgment. In a TikTok video shared on December 15th, she wrote, People judging me for selling my jarred farts. Them not knowing that I made over $100,000 own a beautiful home and multiple cars. She also defended herself over the backlash that her product is a ripoff in a recent video shared on her YouTube channel. When you take into account the cost of shipping and handling, the amount of food I have to eat in order to produce the farts, the amount of energy and exertion it goes into creating those farts, the flower petals that go into the fart jars, uh, which then capture the scent, and oh my god, and also every single fart jar comes with a handwritten note that takes time. Time equals money. So when you total up everything, all the effort and the natural resources that go into creating this once-in-a-lifetime product, then it really is a good deal when you think about it. And that's how the story ends. <laughs> I'm not, you know what, I'm not giving her a score. I will not score this woman. You know, I as 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 comic, you know, as funny as it may be, or as ludicrous as it may sound for her to be selling her farts in a jar... I, you know what? If people want to buy it, why the hell shouldn't you freaking sell it? Like that's, I mean, it's not hurting anybody. We're not talking about weapons of mass destruction here. You know, some crazy, not crazy. Uh, that's that's terrible for me to make that label on somebody. But 
you know, a, a fart aficionado might find himself desiring, you know, the the flatulence of a uh, of an attractive woman, and if she's willing to freaking bottle up and sell it, and he's willing to pay that much money for it, why, you know, all all you are doing, all we've done here is describe the perfect workings of a deal. Yeah, she talks about making forty five thousand dollars a week. Um, there's that many people buying fart jars, <laughs> right? I mean, like, how can people make fun of this? She found a market, and she settled herself right in there, and now she has a house, you know, multiple cars. Like she said, she made it like, oh, wow, you know, oh, we're going to bastardize this one. No. No. No, no, no. You know what? Yeah, she could have a, quote, real job. She could if she wanted to. No, instead, she's elected to sell her farts in a jar while... You know, you go into your fucking office. Like, no, nah, like, really, who makes out better here? I do like double like, eggs. So if anybody would like to buy yeah. my farts in a jar, please uh, send those attention to the social liability at iCloud.com. Again, that's social liability at iCloud.com. You know what? If that's something that interests you, send them that freaking email, and I'll get Caregiver Katie to figure out how to put one of my dog's farts in a fucking jar for you. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're willing to pay for it, well, we'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. <laughs> Buck's not a proud man. <laughs> no, 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 no. My shame went down with the same uh, at the same pace as my ability to walk. Like, nah, nope. <laughs> can you? I can just see someone gleefully running to the mailbox. My dog farts in the mail today. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? I mean handwritten note flower petals I mean like it's not like she's just sending a jar of air kinda is no it's got flower petals and a handwritten note in there. sulfur sulfur air <laughs> you know what people make money selling fucking water yeah I mean like it, it falls from the sky you know like come on you know we Either way, we we go into that in a whole freaking whatever. Oh, we can do a whole episode but, on bottled water if you want. But that being yeah, said, folks, I, exactly, I, I don't yeah. I don't think we can top that. That is going to bring us to an end for yet another week of the Social Liability Podcast. Just want to remind you to like, subscribe, do all that happy stuff. Follow us on uh, our YouTube channel, which I've mentioned several times right now. We're also branching out in other places of social media, so you'll start seeing that soon with our Twitter, uh, TikTok. Is that, how you, is that how the kids are saying it there, Bucky? Tick-tock. Yeah, I guess. I don't that know. That sounds about right. <laughs> Instagram and all that other stuff. We're going to be getting there very, very shortly. But until the meantime, just check us on our YouTube channel and Anchor and any other podcasting platform that will happen to pick up our RSS feed. Buck, if you got nothing else, I'm the Razgrees. He's the Buck Rundle. Have a week. <laughs>